Hey everybody, thank you for joining us for today's episode of Real Estate Disruptors. Today we've got Ryan Zolan with Agent Investors, another player in the Phoenix market, and he's back to share how he's already done 1.3 million in the first quarter of 2022. If this is your first time tuning in, I'm Steve Trank, sales trainer, and every month we help hundreds of people buy more houses at deeper margins. If you want more information on that, DM me the word sales on Instagram. And I am on a mission to create 100 millionaires. The information on this podcast alone is enough for you to become a millionaire in the next five to seven years. If you'll take consistent action, I assure you, you will become one. And the show is brought to you by our company, InvestorLift. Get access to over 2 million cash buyers across the country. Go to InvestorLift.com, put in Disruptors to get 10% off. And if you get value out of the show, please tag from below, share this episode right now. That way we can all grow together. And we do have the Closers Lab every Thursday, 10 a.m. Arizona time, which is Pacific right now where Max is taking on live calls for you guys to check out. Uh, and this is a live show, so please ask your questions for Ryan to answer. So, obviously we're kind of catching everyone up to, you know, you made a few significant changes we have. since you've been on the show. Yes, sir. So, I think probably the first thing, I mean, we just, we're leading off with the 1.3 mil yep. in Q1. The first mm -hmm. question I saw when we were posting out on Instagram was, how much of that was wholesale, how much of that was commissions? Yep. So I guess probably we'll just start there and kind of see where this conversation goes. Sure. So we actually just broke it down on uh, Brent's channel. I think it was like a week or two ago. Mm -hmm. But it's a million dollars in flips, so flip profit. And then we have, it's now actually 300000 in wholesale fees and 100000 commission. So we're at 1.4 now. 1.4. All right. And so I think probably the thing that's interesting is a lot of people hear that you're kind of doing like the whole MLS thing. But Something like that. the common thing i think a lot of people say like i'll never buy a deal from the mls so you've probably heard that objection before all the time so talk to me about what your mindset is and how you were able to overcome that objection sure so fortunately i mean i've been around a lot of heavy hitters in this amazing market yeah but what i was able to realize by being a traditional agent first for three years is that the hardest part of being the realtor is finding the client the hardest part of being the investor is finding the deal who gives a shit where the deal came from? Mm -hmm. I didn't want to spend money in marketing, so I was just going to the MLS and writing offers all day. Right. Then, I mean, I, let's be real, it took me like eight to 12 months of like failure and writing offers repeatedly to figure out what worked. Uh, but once we were able to kind of crack the code, now obviously adding in a few systems, organization, adding Albert to the team, like there's been a lot of key parts that have allowed us to like really hone in on this strategy specific. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a lot of students that will ask me like, well, what do you do when your buyers are saying it's on the MLS? get better buyers. I don't know. Like buyers don't care. If I just told you the hardest part of being an investor is finding the deal, you're connecting and bridging the gap for what their challenge is. Mm -hmm. It's value. I mean, the line I would use if you really want to get technical and into strategy here is, uh, okay, well, it's exclusively available through me. I went and I beat out multiple offers to get the deal. If you don't want it, no worries. I'll purchase it myself and then I'll just turn around and double close it. Yeah. So, so right now in this particular market, right, we have 5,000, 6,000 homes for sale, right? Yep. I mean, prior to interest rates going up, I think we were in the 4,000s. In a market mm -hmm. in Phoenix, right, we got um, over 5 million people. Yep. And in a healthy market, we have 30,000 homes for sale. Correct. So we were in the fours. Yep. Which is amongst the lowest we've ever seen in our careers. Correct. How can there possibly be good deals? So what's the difference if you were to go direct to seller mm -hmm. and spend money on marketing, <clears throat> which... Let's now play it out. Most people don't have tens of twenties of deals of under experience. So what's the difference of somebody going and starting direct to seller, mm -hmm. spending $5,000 a month, getting VAs, trying to cold call? Is that not just as competitive? I mean, that's how, my brain, that's how my brain works. Well, and, but I appreciate the, the perspective, right? Because yeah. I think for someone that's looking at it, again, like the, you got every iBuyer starts in this market. Every, Correct thing that's going to get tested is tested in phoenix first of course so you're not just competing against other investors you're mm -hmm. also competing against other regular fha conventional home buyers for sure for and sure. you're competing against the i buyers and now you got this other big name in town you know 72 sold like mm -hmm. there's no shortage of competition of course so how are you ryan winning against what appears on the outside, the most competitive landscape we've ever seen. So that's where I'm like, honestly, I'm blessed. So being around you, Jamil, Brent, Pace, all these amazing guys, what's the one message everybody spreads? It's collaboration over competition. 
Though I will also challenge the perspective there that while there's so much competition, I would rather have this than the alternative of no activity at all. So right. we ride the wave of working with high disposition people. Mm. We work with end buyers directly that are willing to pay 90 to 95%. We work with hedge funds primarily. Mm. We work with, uh, I don't know, the list goes on, but like 72 sold you mentioned, mm. we do five to six deals a month with them. Yeah. So they let them, right now I have a buddy over there that he's told me they're spending $1.1 million a month in marketing. That's it. I've heard it much higher. Great. Let's say it's higher. Yeah. They're doing the legwork. Let them go and find the opportunities, put them up on the market. Mm -hmm. They're undervalued. So their whole pitch is 72 hour sale. I mean, what happens if it doesn't sell in 72 hours? Now you've got a stress point between the seller and the agent and some pressure. Yeah. Now you come in with offers all day. Now you just got to do what I train, which is finding your VIP agents. Got it. Okay. So what are your VIP agents? VIP agents are anybody you've done uh, more than one deal consistently every single month with for three months, mm -hmm. or you've done more than two deals with them lifetime. So right. at this point, you should know who they are with their friends. You should know what their spouse's name are, anniversaries, birthdays, kids' names, dogs, whatever it is this person likes, because they're as a VIP buyer, they're going to be bringing, or as a VIP agent, they're going to be bringing you opportunity after opportunity. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, at this point, a VIP agent, they've got a pretty good understanding of my business model. They right. know I wholesale, they know I get commission. But the nice thing is that because we're making a lot, they understand that they get access to that too. Yeah. So whether it's them representing us to taking the commission, we get the wholesale, or we take the commission and the wholesale and give them a piece of the wholesale, teach them the process. There's a lot of moving pieces, but it's honestly pretty cool. So one of the things that um, I know uh, we've dealt with in the past yep. was you got this other agent who doesn't understand what a wholesale is. Ah, uh, yes. Talk to me about that experience. Mm -hmm. Like when they, when they call you, it's like, hey, what are you doing with this property? Yep. How's that conversation? So this is where we teach P&E. Patient, P and E. Okay. Patience and education. It's understanding that I think you're the one that actually infamously says this. The biggest threat to the wholesale side is other real estate agents. Mm -hmm. So understanding that they're down in the trenches, they didn't just watch a few YouTube videos and start wholesaling with a contract they found online. They're actually going in and again, their hardest part is finding the client. So patience is understanding they may not be bringing you opportunity after opportunity on a daily basis. I would argue that the same people that are wholesalers that bring you opportunity after opportunity, their ARVs off, their rehabs off, their mm -hmm. numbers just don't work. Realtors yeah. may not bring you a bunch of opportunities, but when they do, it could be something good. Yeah. Education is being fully transparent. At the end of the day, I'm licensed too, so I could do this without them, but again, collaboration over competition, why not focus and just hone in on teaching them the process? The same argument would be, well, can't they just go around you? Absolutely. But guess, but guess what? The abundance mindset is knowing that there's 70,000 agents that I'm trying to find, mm -hmm. 20 to 30 to work with. Yeah. So, and so you're talking about the double anything. Double dip, yeah. Yeah. So, or, or double dip. So, yep. well, I guess first let's talk about them, right? So, sure. uh, as a listing agent, the reasons to work with you, there's a couple different ones. You do provide that certainty mm -hmm. that they're looking to get. But the other thing, too, is you allow them to represent you. Yeah, absolutely. So, can you talk about that? Yeah. So, I mean, there's three different ways you could go in a transaction. There is the traditional transaction where there's a buyer's agent and a seller's agent representing both the buyer and the seller. There is unrepresented, which is where the buyer or seller doesn't need an agent to represent them. And then lastly is the dual agency. So that one that you're referring to where the listing agent gets the commission, that's the dual agency. Mm -hmm. Now the educating part is that, let's say if it was an off-market deal, they may not take a full 6%. They may take three and a half, four, maybe even 5%, mm -hmm. but then they represent both sides. Seller nets a little bit more money, but then we got the deal. Right. So we absolutely go with that strategy. In a market like this, you've got to be willing to pivot at any time to get the deal done. Mm -hmm. And so unfortunately, with a lot of our MLS deals, we are having to give away the commission to get it. Hence why yeah. we're at 300,000 wholesale, 100,000 commission. Last year, I think we ended at like 350, 400 in commission. Yeah. So, so right now, um, you're reaching out to them or they're reaching out to you? Both. Which, both. So that's the outbound versus inbound. Outbound, obviously, is you're doing the outreach, trying mm -hmm. to build the army. The inbound is when they might be the VIP or you're the first of mind that they're going to bring an opportunity to when it comes to them. So you're actively working on top of mind consciousness. Of course. So what's really fascinating, you know, you talk about, because we both started in the realtor side. Right. And top of mind consciousness was so key. You got to work your sphere of influence. Yep. You got to work with your buyers. You got to work with your sellers. You got to talk to them on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Check in how their family is doing. Uh, how's everyone like any exciting plans or you got to talk about frog like family recreation occupation and yep. goals like you got to do all these things to nurture your database your sphere of influence always it's business yep and it sounds like you're doing the same exact thing except now they're just realtors of course and yeah. it's free that's the beauty of it yeah. so I, I mean the things that i like to challenge people with and like just put into perspective is wouldn't anybody and everybody that runs a business prefer it to be at as low cost margin to get the deals as possible. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you rather have 
50 people that were all relationships that were bringing you opportunities every month. Right. That's the whole point that we're, everyone wants to be in business. It's the repeat. Mm -hmm. Wholesalers, I mean, yeah, you could possibly do a bunch of deals with wholesalers, but you got to find a way to really get in front of them and bring them value, perform, and then hope that they don't bring it to the next person because they're going to make an extra 10K. Yeah. A realtor, even though you may explain the whole process to them, it's going to take them 10, 15, 20 times to really learn the process. And as long as you're the one making them money, they ain't bringing it anywhere else. So one of the things we've talked about in the past uh, on this show and other places is about the importance of becoming a licensed. Like there, at some point down the road, yep. there's going to be some sort of regulation and we're all going to have to be licensed. Yep. I guess the first question is, what, are your, is, what is your opinion on that? 1,000% agree. Now, I, I like to get up on the pedestal and say, like, go get licensed, go get licensed. But at the end of the day, like, it's almost inevitable that you're going to need it. Mm -hmm. So it's just tools on the tool belt. My strategy, the double dip, you can only do if you're licensed, representing yourself as the buyer, getting the commission and a wholesale fee. Well, I'm sorry, but if you're in this industry, it's like the whole blue Jeep analogy. You start just mentioning it. You're going to start seeing a bunch of blue Jeeps. Well, guess what? What's going to end up happening as you're in this industry working with realtors? They're going to find off-market opportunities, or even if it wasn't brought to you by realtors, brought to you by a friend, family, somebody, you can list their home. Mm -hmm. You can go and you could represent people as a buyer and be an actual agent too. There's a lot of ways where you can get paid, or you could even get a referral fee being licensed by another agent. So I absolutely am all for it. So a question I have on that, just yeah. kind of following up on that is, because I agree with you, right? I think mm -hmm. it's happening. We're going to have to become licensed at some point, one way or another. The follow-up question is, do you find, have you, have you found in your experience, maybe there's not a way to test this, is that being a licensed realtor gives you a leg up on doing MLS deals? Oh, yes. I, I have my license solely just for MLS access. So has there been like instances that you've heard that you could tell like, hey, you know, like that we instantly have more credibility? Um, when you're referring to like, I talked to another talking party. to another agent, okay. calling them on their listing that's been in the market for 90 days. And I'm an agent. Is yeah. that giving me leverage? Um, yeah. So I lead investor first, agent second, mm -hmm. and I make sure the agent part's brought up just as a disclosure, but I don't care about that part as much as I want them to know that I'm an investor. The reason yeah. being is that like, if I come in as a buyer, their ears perk up. If I come in as an agent, it's not as appealing because their first thought is, okay, they're going to represent, I might get five offers, what's going to be better than this person and that person? Or if I come in as an investor first, maybe it is me losing the commission, but they're more open to it. By the right. time I go with that approach first, when I get to the part of representation, they don't care. They don't yeah. care if I'm licensed or not as long as it's closed properly and our broker's okay with it. Yeah. So. Interesting point. We're going to talk about the being broker being okay with it. <laughs> um, so uh, what questions am I not asking in regards to MLS deals that you're, you're commonly getting? Um, <clears throat> what filters? That's mm -hmm. a very common question is, well, okay, first off, there's the limiting belief there's no deals out there. The second part. I mean, part, that is a very common limiting belief. And I, uh -huh. And I think a reasonable one, but yeah. you're obviously the, the counter example yeah. proven that that's mistaken. I mean, you, you see our numbers. <laughs> I absolutely see your numbers. I get to see the HUDs every month. Yep. Yeah. Um, the filters thing, I think, is one of the biggest questions. I think it's more of just a, how do I find these deals? Mm -hmm. So while I, I mentioned briefly, like the 72 sold example of like, okay, well, if it doesn't sell in three days, then what? It's a pressure point. Yeah. So it's the same thing. You're looking for pressure and motivation, which I would argue is probably very similar to direct seller. But the only difference now is what are some motivating factors on the MLS? Mm -hmm. In a market like this, while we just talked about low inventory, I think the biggest one is days on market. Yeah. If it's not selling, what's the, what's the situation? What is going on It's here? either agent didn't set expectations properly, or maybe a seller has just unrealistic expectations and thinks they're going to get the moon and the stars. Mm -hmm. So one of those two situations, I could be the light at the end of the tunnel that comes in that says, here is a cash offer. Now, the big thing is that I'm not just blindly submitting these offers. The team's going in, we're calling the agents, we're building rapport, we're figuring, figuring out what the situation of the seller is and what motivating factors they need. So for example, maybe they don't want a seven to 10 day close. Maybe they want 30 to 40 days. Right now, a very common thing is that people want leasebacks or they just want to be able to stay in the property. Mm -hmm. So if they're able to stay in the property and we could do that for a month at no cost and our end buyer's okay with it, that could be an offer that we put together that we now know what the seller's looking for as opposed to just blindly submitting an offer. Yeah. So you don't really get that without the personal touch. Um, another motivating factor, it's as simple as this. There is pre-foreclosure. There is probate. There are some MLSs out here, for example, that have a category fix up needs repairs. Mm -hmm. That is asking for you to put that as a category and go to town. Yeah. So those are three other key factors. Now you factor in days on market. Now you factor in, okay, what about Delta? By Delta, I mean, okay, is there a certain percentage of the property dropping in value? So like if they're listed at 400,000 and they dropped it 
down to 300,000, our delta on our calculators would show or on our spreadsheets would show that that property just dropped. Mm -hmm. So if they dropped 100,000, they either probably got a house under contract and they need to sell theirs because it's contingent mm -hmm. or there's some kind of stress point where they need to sell that property ASAP, which is why they dropped it. Yeah. So one thing I like is that you mentioned that you call the other agent and try to figure out what they're, they're looking for. For sure. And that's just very much like there's I get so many emails of blind offers and like, I don't know who you are. I don't know if you're real. Mm -hmm. Right. And so for you, you're intentionally calling the other realtor, finding out what's important to them. And then writing an offer that matches yep. what's important to them. For sure. And man, one easier way to get an offer accepted. Absolutely. And don't get me wrong. I mean, I'll play the devil's advocate. There's a lot of offers we just blindly submit, mm -hmm. but let's make it very clear they're for iBuyers and hedge funds. Their yeah. numbers were if we're coming in pretty close to list with cash and it's been sitting, I don't need to build too much rapport in that conversation. Just mm -hmm. go quantity. So. Right. Okay. So you mentioned uh, 300 in wholesale, 100 in... yeah. Uh, commissions, but yep. then a million in flips. That's revenue or profit? That is revenue. Profit is like I don't know the exact number. It's like one point one, one point two. Okay. So, so your profit, so your 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 flips are doing really well as well. Correct. So that one, we had a little bit of like a mishap with a contractor last year, mm -hmm. uh, but got rid of him, and then not having to fully pay him part of the end there yeah. definitely helped out. So, um, those also came from. MLS. MLS deals. Correct. Or realtors. So would you say, if you were to kind of put a, a guess as far as what percentage of your deals are coming from MLS or other realtors, what would you pin that at? 90% can be MLS. 5% can be, uh, 6 or 7% can be other realtors. Mm -hmm. That 3% is going to be right place, right time, referral, JV deals from not a realtor. Um, yeah. But yeah, 90% MLS, 7% uh, realtor referral. Got it. And then uh, one reason why I asked you to come on was you've you've taken everything you talked about, and we're speaking about, about it at a pretty high level with some details here. Mm -hmm. But if someone wanted to learn more about this, how do they learn more about this? Um, let's uh, get this thing right there. <laughs> Agent investors, uh, super excited! So we just launched that a few weeks ago. We're about to break a hundred students. Mm -hmm. uh, we basically just put this program together from high demand where I was doing one-on-one -on -one coaching and it was great. I was just getting pulled in multiple directions and it really pulled me away from production. The minute I shut down the one-on-one -on -one coaching, we added 15 more deals to the board the next week. Uh, but then I was like, I still feel like there's a gap. Like I could still like bridge this somehow, some way. I know people are still trying to learn this process. And I don't know if it was just like the timing of everything in the industry or what, but it feels like all of a sudden MLS and agents have just blossomed. Mm -hmm. This strategy is so sexy because you don't have to spend money in marketing. It's all relationships. So I decided just to put together a course, a uh, huge shout out to Jake, but we were able to put this together in about three and a half, four months of just content, 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 everything I've done over the last like three years of building this kind of model. Mm -hmm. And now we've just put it all into one piece of education where you could add this method to your tool and tool belt. And uh, I mean, there's no reason in my head why somebody can't add this strategy and do $100,000 a year like that, honestly. All right. So kind of... Revealing my cards here because we hired someone in our company and their job is to do this exact model. Okay. Uh, but if you were to talk to someone that's listening to this right now, mm -hmm. right, and they wanted to hire a person to do this, mm -hmm. right, to go in there and, and call agents and build rapport, sure. what would be their, their daily uh, responsibilities, expectations, and so on? Yep. So this is where I don't really do the time blocking thing all that well with my team. I give it more of a, here's our KPIs, do what you will with that information. Now there's that expectation set of what our KPIs are, mm -hmm. but overall, I don't care how the job gets done. It's going to be a mixture of submitting offers every single day. It's going to be a mixture of going through and reaching out to agents outbound and trying to build new relationships. It's going to be focusing on the inbound relationships from some of the outbound strategies that's going to bring in more opportunities. And then also nurturing the offers you submitted the day before and building the relationships of the offers that got rejected. So those are four different things that are all going to be happening on a daily basis. And as much as that sounds super easy, that is very time consuming. I can tell you right now, one of our bottlenecks is that we're actually in the process of trying to figure out how to automate the TC job so that we are not manually submitting 15, 20, 30 offers a day because that could take five, six hours. You can't easily go convince a realtor to go do that without compensating them accordingly. 
So there's a lot of like processes where you got to figure out which two or three strategies you would like to focus on. If I had to go back, I'm telling you, I'd be submitting as many offers as possible every single day. I'd be submitting a bunch of posts all over social media, asking for a bunch of realtor relationships to come to me. And then I'd be just following up the offers from the previous day. You can't really submit offers without doing the follow-ups the next day. Uh, but then you just add in doing the outreach. You should be able to get a deal in two weeks. Yeah. So I don't think we really talked about this in, uh, in, our, in our private conversation. Um, this is actually one of the first things I did when I got into in real estate. Really? Yeah, so like I met some realtors, no, not realtors, I met some investors at Aria. Okay. And basically I was just writing offers for them all Beautiful. day. Beautiful. You were writing the offers. I was writing the offers. Ah, I was fun. submitting it fun. to the agents. Uh, I mean, there were times back then where I had to fax the offers, oh. right? But I was submitting, I want to say at that time, like 15, 20 offers a day. Sounds right. And um, I think I lasted probably about like a month with them. I was like, I, this, is, this isn't for me. And but, I'd, I'd make the argument that if you were doing it for like, I guess let's unpack it. Were you getting, like, were you splitting the fees or were you just getting the commission? Commission. Okay. So I understand their point. Like, that's kind of like that transition part where if they'd educated and like brought you along, mm -hmm. you may be like, okay, bring them as many deals as possible. Mm -hmm. That job right there of what you said though, most realtors don't do that. They don't yeah. submit offers. They submit offers when they have clients. Right. So if you're a realtor watching this and you just added the strategy of writing offers every day, I mean, the opportunities. Now are you're there. controlling. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, so I was relying on them being the cash buyer. So right. I was working for a group versus working for yourself and everybody. Or, yep. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, just want to. That's awesome. I, I had no idea. Yeah. Share a little tidbit. Um, and then uh, there's another announcement today. Uh, so Ooh. we uh, are moving our licenses. We are. You want to talk about that? Sure. It's getting real. <laughs> uh yeah no we're uh we're going over to uh real is there anything after real is it just real brokerage real brokerage yeah um it's an mlm it's an mlm i mean just every call time someone's asked me like what is this like what's an mlm yeah i mean let's <laughs> just call it straightforward um but i think i see value in it so i mean that's where i, I was at an mlm before joining with you mm -hmm. a few years ago and so yeah. when you told me about the idea i didn't really shut it off i was just like okay well let's see the logistics let's go through Blew up your phone yeah. multiple times over the last yeah. five days, making sure I had every bit of question and answer that I, I needed. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. I think it's going to be a new change. We needed to reconfigure a few things within the team, branding-wise. Uh, I'm excited. I think it'll be good. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. And I'll be doing another video separately about this, but I mean, one of the things that's really appealing is that, uh, so, you know, we got a mutual friend, Ryan Pineda, and he's the one that's yep. kind of spearheading <laughs> it. And the one thing I really liked about what we can offer the agents that work with us is that they get access to a wealthy agent. Yep. Right? And so, like, they got uh, Ryan, who's teaching social media, even though, you know, we can teach it too. <laughs> uh, Not on his level. <laughs> uh, Ryan's teaching social media. Brian DeVilla's talking about flipping. We got a couple other guys talking about you Airbnbs, rentals. Yep. I'm the, I'm the one talking about sales for realtors. Uh, and then what was really cool is my old coach, Kristen Stampini, is we talking about KPIs and managing VAs and so on. So, like, my old coach from when, uh, I want to say 2012, 2013, when I... First started getting coaching, she was my coach, and she's going to be on there too. So it's pretty fascinating, and I think uh, the one thing that I couldn't do here at Stunning Homes Realty was I couldn't have, uh, I couldn't help as many people because we're really limited to people in Arizona. So we get to have a national outreach for sure. I think there's only like four or five states that they're um, not in yet, but they said coming soon. Yeah, coming so. soon. So I want to get into the questions because there are a lot of questions sure. here. Uh, before I do that, guys, uh, our sales training program literally is tomorrow so uh it's probably too late for you guys to fly out here uh, but we're doing a day and a half if you guys are interested uh it's disruptors.com slash sales disruptors and uh it's a day and a half and we can do this virtually and you get to see our sales process and there's a reason why there's hundreds of people that are working with us every single month and they don't cancel like we have a really high retention rate so you guys want to find out how our clients are buying houses at deeper margins be sure to check that out. All right. So first question on Facebook from uh, Lane. How do you go about starting out, finally telling the difference between a motivated buyer or when you're starting out, how do you tell the difference between a motivated buyer or a flaky one? Uh, yeah. So motivated, it's just, it's talking to people. I mean, I will take the infamous line and brand of Brent Daniels here, mm -hmm. but you got to just set expectations. When you're talking to them, ask them the right questions. The right questions would be, what is your buy box? If they say anything and everything, guess what? I promise you they are just another wholesaler. Now ask them, <laughs> can I see your past five flips? Can I see proof of funds? Can I see testimonials? I mm -hmm. don't see a lot of people asking for testimonials. Mm -hmm. It's just little things that like give them credibility. Yeah. So as for motivated buyer, 
if they're an investor and they're in this market, not Phoenix specific, just real estate in this country, mm-hmm. it's hot right now. Motivated buyers, you should be able to feel by just having a conversation with them over the phone, or you'll be able to feel the vibe just over text. Yeah. So. Yeah, and one of the questions we've asked is, and we just doing some of our sales, I was like, you guys probably have too many opportunities right now, right? And just see kind of how they respond and see how motivated they are. Yep. Uh, so Edgar on IG, uh, what do you do when a seller goes after sending a contract? And I'm kind of curious to hear mm-hmm. how this goes because you're going from an, from you to a realtor to a homeowner. So can they even ghost you? Like no, how does they can't, that? They can't in my strategy uh, because they, I mean, they've got the expectation where they're planning on selling the home. So when they employ a realtor, they are preparing showings. Their intentions their, are clear. Their intentions are very clear. So, Okay. So uh, follow question from uh, Grant on YouTube. Where would you recommend new investors spend their marketing time and money? And I think this is yep. <laughs> right down your avenue right here. Beautiful. So um, where would I recommend spending your money? Uh, I wouldn't recommend spending any money. I think that's the beauty of the strategy that I'm teaching is that you don't need money to start with this. I would like to get you comfortable with learning what ARV is. Let's learn markets. Let's learn what relationships and conversations look like. Start off by building the army of realtors. Go and put posts out on social media. The key line, I need help. It's something so simple. Mm -hmm. But the minute you say I need help, like I've said that and I made this joke a few times, but it's real. I have to be careful because I'm saying that in a brokerage right now. Mm -hmm. I just told everyone in the world, I manifested that I need help and I need a realtor. Yeah. They're all going to start coming. That's how easy this method is. Now you're going to be sifting through trying to find the realtors that actually want to work with you. They yeah. want to go and submit offers and be the Steve that was working with the, with the <laughs> investor at the beginning. So, and you know, we're talking about this, right? Like we, we vet the people that come to the show, we review their HUDs. So Ryan and I have a unique relationship. He's actually at my brokerage and we actually pay him his commissions every <laughs> single month after we get the HUDs. So yeah. uh, when he's saying like his strategy, as far as not paying for marketing, going through realtor, uh, going through the MLS, it's fun. I can vouch for it, right? <laughs> so uh, it's it's definitely a different strategy, one that we are finally starting to employ. Um, I know a guy that could help. <laughs> well, we already bought the course. <laughs> so anyway, one on one training, mutual now. <laughs> uh, on YouTube, follow uh, another question from Check uh, Giannis is how many counties are you targeting MLS to do? 20 plus deals per month. Now, you're not at 20. We didn't, did we say 20? Yeah, so we're, you we're 20 in a contract. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, so we're actually closing about like, give or take 20 between off market flips, traditional wholesale. Nice. Uh, it ranges anywhere from like bad month, like a really bad month, like seven to 10. Mm-hmm. Good month is 15, 20. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we focus primarily on Phoenix. So we don't really mess around too many other counties. With that said, I still do deals up in Northern Arizona. Uh, Tucson was my bread and butter when I first started. Yeah, I remember you were doing you were doing primarily Tucson when, when we Pineda. started doing. Yeah. yeah. So Pinedo is buying a lot of my deals in Tucson. We're not really messing around too much down there anymore, but I still have those connections. Mm-hmm. So if there's deals in Tucson, still send them over. Um, we mess around in Atlanta, and then we've got like five different markets in Florida. Mm-hmm. So aside from that, the only other market I really mess around in is like Vegas. But we're working on a few things now, transitioning over to real to where I can do it nationwide and help build the community as we go. Yeah. So. What's well, really, uh, what I really appreciated when you bought when you were doing those deals with Pineda in, in Tucson <laughs> was because there we go. I'm not, I know this one. I'm not really paying close attention to what's going on, yep. right? But I see Pineda share a story. And it says, you know, congratulations on the closing. And the email came from Cherie. Yep, your title right? company. Our title company. Yep. So I was like, man, how cool is this? I've got Ryan and Ryan doing deals together using my title company. Yep. Right? So, I mean, that's that was a really kind of like Full circle. plus the yeah. evening even more before going to bed. For sure. Uh, so how many contracts a month are you guys sending in total? I'm curious to hear this one. Yeah, so our KPI is five offers a day. Now, with that said, um, last month was kind of one of the weirdest KPIs we had. We did a hundred. Oh, I'm gonna butcher it. Amber's gonna kill me. It's like 130 or 160 offers, so it was low, but we got 30 accepted. So, I mean, our conversion rate, if you do the math on it, it's actually pretty damn good. Outrageous. So, I would say, obviously, be mindful. If I'm telling you five a day is 25 a week, 100 a month, you should be getting like. 15, 20 under contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe if you're just getting started 10 to 15, but you should be able to close one to three of those pretty easily. Yeah. And then are you guys getting pocket listings too? Of course. That's where the education part comes with the agent. If you're able to properly set the expectation and they bring you the stuff before it goes on market, mm-hmm. that's where the real money's made. How's that? Well, I mean, if they don't have the listing contract signed, it's 
free game. Like you can make as much as what it allows you to in the numbers. Mm-hmm. So I mean, the difference between if they have the listing contract signed, there's already an agreement between the seller and the agent as to how much money is going to get paid in commission total. So it's a little bit of an uphill battle when you're trying to educate the agent why they shouldn't get 6% commission and why they should get 50% of a wholesale fee or why they should get a finder's fee, a flat amount. Mm-hmm. They're usually just accustomed to 3 to 6%. So it's just an easier battle to go after when they bring you the pocket listings. But if they're bringing you the pocket listings, that means you did your job right. Yeah. That means they're bringing you stuff before it goes on the market. Yeah, top of mind. Absolutely. goes back to it. Yep. Uh, the insulation station, a fascinating name on YouTube. What's an outbound strategy that you can use to target agents? There's this lovely thing called Facebook. (laughs) There's Facebook groups. And the beauty of this strategy, this is a lot of what I touch on in the course. I just told you the line. You use the words, I need help. And you put that in Facebook groups. Just thank me later. (laughs) Um, You know, one of the, it was always interesting is um, I've seen every once in a while, right? You have a Facebook friend who's not Mm -hmm. licensed. Yep. And they just kind of casually mention, hey, I'm looking to buy a house. Oh, yeah. I mean, Thousands of the, the, it's not vultures, but it's this, it, like, oh, it's, it is. it's this, this pouncing, right? Mm-hmm. From like a hundred different directions. Cause it's not just the realtors responding, it's other people tagging realtors. And it's like this feeding frenzy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're saying do that intentionally. Of course. Yeah. And uh, there's always the people that are like, well, if I don't know what I'm doing, I don't want to sound dumb on the phone with agents. Ryan, I can't sound like how you do in these challenges when you're calling them. You have all this experience. Guess what? The beauty of this strategy, the more naive and the more confused you sound, the better. You shouldn't be going to the dentist and telling them how to clean your teeth. It's the same thing with a realtor. When you employ them, they should be the one knowing how to do the job. Yeah. So when you say, I need help, great. Let them all come. There's going to be agents that are pissed off you're working with multiple agents. Mm-hmm. There's going to be agents that can't understand the process and they're just, they don't agree with it. There's going to be so many different variables, but what is the beauty is it costed you $0, just time, effort, and responses, but then by the time you find two to three agents that are amazing, I mean, let's talk about Monique Walker, yeah, Jamil's right-hand agent. Mm-hmm. She made $1.8 million last year, 50-50 on acquisition fees, so her cut was $1.8 million. Yeah. That's one relationship. You yeah. may get told to piss off and a bunch of like slurs and cuts and whatever, the same thing on direct to seller. The only thing that's different is realtors are held to a standard of ethics. Yeah. So they can't cuss people out or they're not supposed to. Well, yeah, I mean. Not supposed to. Frowned upon, but <laughs> it happens. It does. Um, so. And then uh, you want to expand on multi-level marketing. There's multiple question marks around this, <laughs> on this one. Yeah. So essentially, you're at the top. Somebody's underneath you. When they close deals, the person above them gets incentivized. Now, if this person brings somebody underneath them, it goes up the, the ladder. So every mm-hmm. time they close a deal at the bottom, they get paid, they get paid, they get paid, they get paid. Yeah. So it, it's really good for be, being able to build a community. Uh, the most important thing with an MLM, in my opinion, be, to keep it contained is value. Mm-hmm. As long as the value is provided and there's nobody like losing out or getting screwed over, it's fine. Absolutely. And so uh, if you guys were listening, I can't remember which episode it was, uh, but we were t- discussing just business in general. I was like, oh yeah, I'm also joining an MLM. And I just kind of like <laughs> left it at that and we just moved on. Lovely. Um, but yeah, this is the MLM that we're joining. And um, a follow-up question on that from uh, from D is why why not EXP? So I'm curious what you say and then yeah. I'm going to jump on this one too. Sure. Um, I was there. I think that I have nothing bad against EXP. I think my answer is very uh, just honest. I have the ability where I've got some influence and community behind me I can go join the top or I can join the bottom. Mm-hmm. If you're going to go to an MLM, go to the top. Um, and that's where it goes back to value. So as long as I'm providing enough value for the people that are underneath me and I'm getting enough value from those above me, no pressure, then <laughs> we're, we're good. <laughs> EXP, I have a lot of friends over there. They're fantastic people. When I was there, there was just a lot of learning curves. Mm-hmm. They lost a few of our checks. Um, I didn't agree with their processes. They were very against wholesaling. Uh, and then also the tiers. So at EXP, you get more incentivized towards the bottom of your tiers. So for those that are not familiar with an MLM, you have to get a certain amount of agents in your downline in the first tier. Then you've got the ability to unlock your second tier. So for example, if Steve brings me on and then I bring on somebody else and then they bring on somebody, I can't fully reap the benefit of tier two until I have my tier one filled out. So at EXP, you don't get the benefit until you fill out your people or your tiers, whatever, and then you get more benefit as the tiers go down. Mm -hmm. At real, the alternative, you get more benefit from your first tier. Your second tier, 
is not as incentivizing as the first, but it's still more incentivizing than the third tier. Right. So I like that they have a lot of executives that came from that brokerage mm-hmm. and they basically took some concepts that they didn't think worked and they brought it and they tried to change. Right. So, uh, so for me personally, it goes back to relationships. You know, I'm good friends with Ryan Pineda. Uh, he's the one I'm going to be in his downline. Uh, yep. And then over there, we got, uh, my again, my old coach, Kristen Stampini. Uh, she's not at real, but we're doing stuff together, creating the wealthy agent, which is a way to teach other realtors how to become wealthy. Like the thing mm-hmm. I really enjoyed here at Stunning Homes is that everyone that has come here has been ultra successful. And I think we can continue that mission on a grander scale. And, you know, when Ryan said that he was creating wealthy agent so that people can learn about this. I think it's amazing. So, you know, we have Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 9 a.m. calls, and everyone's talking about a subject matter that's related to creating mm-hmm. wealth. Yep. Right. So, I think the, there's so many brokerages out there, and there's nothing wrong with EXPO to other brokerages. Correct. Um, one thing I've always been really passionate about is trying to create wealth in our brokerage. And the program that Ryan Pineda has created with the wealthy agent just further enhances what I was already trying to accomplish. So, for, for me, sure. that's the reason why. Yep. Um, I think it's a wealthy agent's amazing what they're what he's building with that like you said it is it's unmatched there's uh, the only training I've really seen that's like comparable in my opinion is the Keller Williams like when you first get onboarded mm-hmm. but even so they don't teach you how to build wealth they teach you how to be a realtor yeah. this teaches you how to build wealth right. so I think he's got a lot of key people around him and obviously I mean the value is going to come with that too yeah I mean for me like I didn't get into real estate to buy help people buy and sell houses forever and uh, yeah. I've, I've said this openly in the past, like if I'm 60 and going through CE, continue education, like shoot me, please. Like, obviously screwed up. Amen. <laughs> uh, all right. So Kane in, in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, he's not licensed. Is that something, is this something that you can do virtually the MLS model? Absolutely. <clears throat> so I, um, I always tell people that are not licensed to use Privy. It is a great resource as an alternative to have MLS access. They're not in every market yet, but I've got some pretty good ins with the higher ups over there. So any type of glitches or concerns that you're coming across with that system, just let us know. Uh, we've got all the information inside our Discord. We answer a bunch of questions in there. So short answer is no, you do not need to be licensed, uh, but I would still recommend getting it. Absolutely. And then um, Samantha, is that brokerage in California? Is real in California? Is real? Oh shoot! I think so. God, I I'd hope so. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, absolutely. It's in California. It's in. Uh, 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 you said forty-five. I think it's in forty-seven, forty-eight yeah, states. Yeah. So I know North Dakota, South Dakota, and then I was wrong. I thought it was Mississippi this whole time. I think it's like Arkansas or Alabama. Yeah. So there's like three or four states. Yep. Uh, so how do you get past agents who want to vet proof of funds? before working with you? Sure. This is a very big topic that I talk about with Brent on the show Millionaire Before 30. Uh, The one question I always get to is like, okay, well, how do I just get past the proof of funds and do I have to put and or assignee? I'm like, this is what I'm talking about with like just watching a few YouTube videos. Like, calm down. We're okay. We're going to figure this out together. What I want you to understand is that you should not be writing offers unless you have the actual ability to purchase this. Think about it from the standpoint of the seller. If you were to go get properties under contract, you didn't know what you were doing and you went into this like, uh, I hope I'm going to get paid. I hope this closes. You're messing with someone's livelihood. What do they do when they get under contract? They start making plans. They're going to move. They've got a house they're building. They are going to go move in with a family or friend. They're going to assisted living and need the funds. There are so many variables. So the answer is simple. You're going to go get buying capability. That could be as simple as having a conversation with a hard money lender. Now, for those of you that are brand new and you're like, oh, what do I do? It's okay. Hard money lenders are not intimidating. They are what gives you credibility because you have an actual proof of funds that they will back you. Now, it could be from a hard money lender. It could be from a private money lender. The alternative is what a lot of people use in the real estate community. It's called squatting up. Go and find a guy like myself, like Steve, and say, hey, Steve, I've got five deals right now. I think one of them might be something. Would you be cool if I were to use your credibility and you possibly give me a proof of funds and then I, in return, will bring you every opportunity I get first? Absolutely. And there you go. So just finding people to work with, hard money lenders, private money lenders, they will give you the proof of funds. But then at that point, you do have to have the credibility. Be prepared to actually close on the deals. With that said, canceling does happen, but you're at least going into it with the proper equipment. You know what I mean? Yeah, you got to be prepared. Uh, The... The worst thing you can do is is cancel on a contract that you never had any intention of buying because um, that realtor will will haunt you. And then they also don't bring you deals again. 
Yeah, so. exactly. Right. We're building relationships. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, so question from uh, Lane is what kind of property should you try and target starting out? Ugly houses for mm -hmm. sure. Um, Brent saying is ugly house equals big checks. It's the same thing. So I would recommend driving for dollars. I'd recommend getting familiar in your backyard first. Now, if you're in a market that there's not a lot of activity, you're in a small town, thousand plus people, like, I, I get it. I understand what you'd want to do in the alternative is still drive for dollars. There's distressed homes everywhere. There's over 6 million active or uh, at all times distressed homes in the entire country. Yep. You're looking for what one to show proof of concept. It's okay. You can do that in your backyard. Now, if you want to mess around virtually while doing the driving for dollars, the whole thing of why I'm hensing driving for dollars is to learn what ugly properties look like. I learned to identify them, yeah. learn that there's going to be investors in your market, regardless that would love to see those opportunities, even though it's a small market, find your one or two flippers out there, bring them the opportunities as you're learning and then just fail forward. Uh, and then Mark uh, Martinez in Tucson, he's a realtor investor in Tucson. Beautiful. Uh, he finds his strategy difficult to employ down there because there are a ton of realtors flip there that are also flipping houses. Uh, what advice do you have for him? Yeah. Um, what was his name? Mark Martinez. Mark Martinez. Okay, I don't, that one's not familiar. Um, so Mark, what I'd recommend in Tucson, that was my backyard. That's where I started. So I'm up in Phoenix with these big dogs, but I did my first quarter million in my first year uh, working Tucson virtually. So there was a handful of times I had to go down there and take a look at properties. What transitioned me from Tucson to Phoenix was exactly that. I felt like I was competing against three to five offers on every deal. And if I'm going to do that, I might as well play in Phoenix where it's not a three hour drive for me every single time. So there was that. Um, as for how do you get past it, understand that Tucson's still a little bit less competitive than Phoenix. So while I gave you my example, understand that while you're in Tucson, you have the exact same situation, just that you are in Tucson. That's your backyard. So if you're competing against multiple offers, find ways to build better rapport with the agents, find ways to be, bring better terms, uh, try to get more pocket listings and opportunities rather than just having this self-doubt. Uh, but I promise you they're out there. In Tucson, I mean, I get property sent to me every single day in Tucson. So just send me a message. I'd love to connect you with some people. Uh, what I've been doing uh, to try to just like throw some value is that we've almost been overwhelmed with the amount of opportunities after launching agent investors mm -hmm. and just all these relationships that there's times that I'm just sending deals to people. I was literally just telling Max, like, there's a few things like, I'll just send it to you. I don't need 50%. Just give me like 20, 25 or don't, whatever. I don't even give a shit. Like, just know the opportunities are out there. Yeah. Find people to squad up with. They're there. I mean, and I'm going to selfishly just plug my sales training here at the moment. Um, sales is sales, right? And so um, I don't show a lot of houses. I don't work with a lot of clients. But those very few times I do, it's crazy. Like the information you can extract from the other realtor mm. just acting dumb, nope. making terrible assumptions. <laughs> And just talking about like what's gonna happen after the sale, right? Like what's gonna happen with the seller, what's gonna happen with them. They will give you everything you need to know to help you craft or draft the offer that checks all the boxes. So again, just kind of selfishly plug my sales training right there. Um, all it's right. spot on though. I mean, the more dumb you sound, the better. <laughs> so the seller probably doesn't have another house to go to. See what happens. Yeah, they'll give you everything. <laughs> uh, all right, so Amit uh, on YouTube. Uh, what's up, Amit? Uh, how are you locating the hedge fund buyers or I buyers? Man, if I uh, if I ever had to tell you where my gray hair is going to come from, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's not the MLS deals, it's not the agents, it's the hedge funds. Uh, this process, we have yet to find a way to dial it in completely, but it goes back to the squatting up. We have relationships with five guys out here that uh, just go out and they crush those relationships. What I've found is that there is no way through um, hedge funds that's consistent. Every deal is different in its own way. Their process is different depending on the hedge fund. And obviously, the price they're willing to pay is going to be dependent on them as well. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of variables that go across that. What I'd recommend is doing the same thing as approach to a realtor. Go into social media or go to your meetups that are local and say, hey, I'm trying to find somebody that works with a hedge fund. Who do you recommend? You're yeah. going to find pretty easily three to five people that will be recommended. Now vet them all out. Find out what the buy box is of the hedge fund and go to town. Yeah. And... It's not terribly hard to find out who the hedge funds are, yep. right? Because they're buying a bunch of houses. And then you can find out which title companies they use because that's who's recording the documents. And then asking those title companies, hey, who is helping you get these done? And they'll tell you who's involved in those transactions. So don't really have to reverse engineer it too hard. 
Um, that's if you want to find the relationship. If you're trying to go direct to the hedge funds and iBuyers, that's a whole different animal. Um, we haven't cracked that code yet. I've built relationships with them, but I haven't cracked that code yet either. We've just had success over the last two weeks. So we yeah. finally closed our first two deals with hedge funds. I will tell you they are very lucrative. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, but the process is what's like, okay, well, this hedge fund does this. This hedge fund does this. This mm -hmm. hedge fund buys that. This hedge fund does not buy that. They do this. And it's just... Yeah. Yeah. It, they're all very different because they all have different criteria. And they have not just different criteria. They have different opinions of each zip code. Uh-huh. Right? Yep. And different uh, opinions on 1978 or 1979. Right? All yep. these other things. So you have to be really spot on on their criteria. If one of the way, one of the ways to burn a hedge fund relationship is to send deals that don't fit their box. For sure. Waste their time. Yeah. Uh, so check on YouTube is, do you text blast and cold call to expired and canceled MLS leads? I don't, but that's not a bad idea. I, I, I used to play that game, similar to where you're at, um, yeah. realtor-wise. I don't find joys in that. Um, there yeah. are a few things actually right before this, I had a meeting with Albert and we were kind of talking about some things we could do to uh, target direct-to-seller marketing. Uh, the key thing is direct-to-seller for potential listings or for obviously to purchase. Yeah. Expired, canceled. Um, we're not just, yeah, it's not the moment. Maybe. Well, and you kind of mentioned uh, Monique earlier, yeah. right? So that is one of her, her, her strategies. Sure. Uh, you knew they wanted to sell. So Yeah. Uh, Corey G, uh, when locking up MLS deal, do you have to disclose a listing agent that you're going to wholesale the deal to the end buyer? That's an interesting question right That's now. That's a fantastic question, actually. So, um, actually, I texted you about this like three or four weeks ago. Yeah. I was like, house bill 2747, what do I do? <laughs> uh, you now have to disclose, well, we're waiting on a few things, but you have to disclose you're a wholesale buyer or seller. What that means as for terms, we don't know. Mm. Um, we will figure that out once it actually gets passed. But long story short, yes, we do have to disclose that we are wholesaling, uh, but how you word it is where it gets a little gray. So buyers buying this property with the intent to make a profit. Mm -hmm. You have to disclose, obviously, that you're licensed. There's a few things you can put verbiage-wise that... I mean, I think really, just looking at the language of HP 2747, and you know, I did a video on that, uh, and then um, with, with Max, and then Jerry Norton, I did a video about that as well. Really, all you need to do is just tell the other side that we may assign the property. Correct. That's really the extent of it for Arizona, right? Mm -hmm. Now, in other states, uh, I think if you're licensed, you want to hedge on the side of full disclosure right. versus not um, because disclosure is one of those things that can get you a lot of trouble uh, or lack of disclosure is one of those things that can get you in a lot of trouble if you're a licensed realtor. Um, so he's in Florida. So I, I don't know what exactly uh, I, is, I think you're in the clear right now. For now. For now. Uh, so in Florida, it's interesting. They don't really go after the assigners as far as the contract language, as far as regulations uh, on that end. But they're hyper aggressive with texting and voicemails and cold calling. Very. Yeah. So that's how they're solving that problem. Uh, all right. So will this new brokerage be similar to the EXP model? To my understanding, yeah, it's the exact same. Yeah. So there's going to be a ton of similarities. I think it's like anything else. Really, it's like, who do you associate with? So we got friends at Keller Williams, mm -hmm. right? You started at KW. Yep. Right? So we have, uh, I'm just going to use this as an example, right? So there's multiple multiple friends at multiple different KW offices. Correct. Is every KW model identical? Hell no. Right? It depends on who's there. Yeah, it's all about the franchise. Right. So the same thing here, like EXP, Real. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Real is better, better than EXP or vice versa. What I will share is we are really excited to who we're associating with. Yeah, having access to Pineda, yourself, I like to think I bring value sometimes. 100%. So. Yeah. So that is, so it's similar. Really, I don't think it's the, the container, right, which is the brokerage. It's really who's in the brokerage. For sure. Right. That's, that's what I would be looking at as far as comparing. You are who you surround yourself with. 100%. And then, Samantha, how can we come to join as an agent? So there's a link. Uh, joinreal.com, there is a link there, and you could put myself or Ryan, either way, uh, I guess for today, we could put Ryan, right, oh, yeah. uh, as uh, <laughs> as your sponsor. So, uh, on Instagram, Hill Properties, Hill House Properties, what are the different levels of your course? Yeah, so there is a basic version, there is a gold version, and a diamond. The base version, um, this is where I could probably take a book, a page out of your book of sales because I'm really not good at selling my course. I mm -hmm. just talk about it and if it connects and vibes with them, great. 
Uh, the base version, I think we're probably going to be getting rid of it in the next like four or five months. Okay. In my opinion, and this is not trying to come across wrong, it's just too insultingly cheap for how much information and value is provided. Mm -hmm. I got off the phone today with a guy that he was a former uh, baseball player mm -hmm. and he was like, yeah, um, I accidentally did a deal where I represented myself as an agent. Somebody was an investor, said they'd pay me more and I got the wholesale fee and the commission and I posted about this and someone said, I need to know who you are. Mm -hmm. And so he reached out to me and Jake got him on the phone with me and I was talking to him. He was just blown away. Yeah. And I was like, man, you made $45,000 off of one deal, $0 in marketing, mm -hmm. just where you thought you were being a realtor and you were able to make a wholesale fee too. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden I could teach how to do that for $1,000. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, $1,000 is the oh, base yeah, version. Oh yeah, that's a mistake. So we have you a should have ran this by me first. Should have. So we've got that version. We have the $2,500 version, which is the gold. Uh, the only thing that's different in that is that they have access to learning how to build a team and how to scale the operation. Mm -hmm. So it's for people that might be just wanting a little bit more information of, well, how did you get to where you're at and how do I build a team around me the way you did? And then there's the last one, which is the diamond version. This one, in my opinion, is honestly valued perfectly. I think it is a great place for people to jump into. This is my primary focus. And I will take a, uh, one of Gary Vee's lines here. This is my sole focus, is my diamond tier community for the next 50 years. I'm lucky to where I'm 24 years old. I can say gladly I will be very active in this community for the, at least the next 30, 40 years. This diamond tier, the first 500 that join, get an NFT that gives them primary access and, uh, to myself, my team, our information, exclusive content. And then I know you've got a Discord channel too. They do the same thing in mine, but if you have the NFT connected, you get access to a private channel in there. Yeah. So uh, there's a lot more incentive for that. Uh, obviously, I know people like to have something tangible, even though an NFT is not. Having an item that you at least get on top of a course mm -hmm. is pretty cool. Um, and then knowing that there's only a limited amount, I think we still have a pretty good amount to sell to sell out on that. But uh, yeah, that's... I'm still waiting for my custom one, Dude, of, one of one. I got you. PFP. You want real estate disruptors or... Sales disruptors. Sales disruptors, okay. Uh, so it's, it's interesting you bring up uh, Gary Vee. You know, because yeah. we've talked about this also privately in yeah. coaching uh, sessions, is um, there's he launched V Friends, yeah, and you paid how much for yours? Fifty six thousand. Fifty six thousand. Okay, I had an opportunity to buy this at like twenty eight hundred, right? Like he said, guys, we got, I've got this thing rolling out. I can't speak about it, <laughs> but what you want to do is you want to buy Ethereum, you want to get on MetaMask, and you want to have all these things set up. Yep. Tune in yep. Thursday, ten thirty a.m. Yep. Big announcement. So I got three thousand in, in Ethereum. Uh, the so um, Flip Lab yeah. wants to know what's your favorite zip code in the Phoenix area. Oh, Ricky, Ricky, Ricky. Uh, eight five two five zero eight five two five four eight five zero zero eight eight five zero zero six eight five two nine eight two nine six. You're getting cool. deals in two nine two nine six. I uh, not recently but 296 i love say if you're getting deals in 296 it's beautiful let me know right you're trying uh, to buy heck Flip? yeah primary uh not primary no it's just we want to have more rentals in the in the east valley okay yeah i've got a few in uh um well downtown gilbert area but 296 is a money zip code yeah uh all right so another question on ig you have 40k to get started in real estate investing yep. what route do you go keep it don't spend it trust me i have a plan so um, 40K, it's not about how much you make, it's about how much you keep. That's a very real saying in this industry and also longevity. I will tell you that the mindset of survival is not talked about enough on stages and on shows, podcasts, where you need to get up there and say, you need to survive. I'm going to give a huge shout out to Brandon and Dylan Trana. They are doing exactly the method of what I've taught of agent outreach and working MLS deals. These guys are crushing it. But what I'm very impressed is that they're living lean. You need to be able to like literally last in the industry. And that's not the easiest thing for a lot of people. Now you factor in kids, college debt, spouse, I mean, car payment, house payment, utilities, the list goes on. I understand. I'm very, very real to those numbers. But if you have 40K, you don't need to spend it. Don't go hire VAs. Don't pay for lists. Don't go and cold call yourself. Like go and do things that are going to be zero dollars in marketing. And that's exactly what I teach with the agent mm -hmm. relationships and going and submitting offers on the MLS. I told you Privy. So maybe invest in Privy. I mean, if you want a discount, message us on Discord. But aside from that one system, you could do this all. I want you to get familiar with discipline of not having to spend money to hope to make money. A lot of times people that just get started, 
They take what they have as their hard-earned income or a dollar that they are okay to invest, but they don't have the systems and processes to follow through with it. Trust me, I messed up when I did this was that I was comparing myself to guys like Steve and Brent and Jared Vidalis and 72 Sold and some of these guys. And Keegley. Keegley, perfect And I was example. like, why are you comparing yourself to Keegley? Right. And it's <laughs> tough. Like when you're around these guys and you just see how much money they're bringing in, how much money they're spending, it's like that level of comparison of I have to spend X amount to even be relevant. Mm-hmm. But what happens when you start spending that money and the phone rings? Do you have the sales skills? Do you know how the process works? Can you answer any question that they have? If the answer is no to any of those, you're not prepared to be spending money on your business. So just go and get the proof of concept. It's what Brent and I teach in the Millionaire Before 30 blueprint. The first step is doing a deal. So you have the proof of concept. Mm-hmm. Then it's going full-time in the business. Then it's killing the debt. Then it's investing in assets. Then it's financial freedom. So yeah. understanding the step one is doing the deal. That's the most important. I'd rather see you not spend money to get that first deal. Right. And I think that's con- kind of consistent with Brent. It's a different way, right? Mm-hmm. His is talk to people, motivated sellers. You're talking to TTR. people. Talk to realtors. Talk to realtors, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Corey question, question, Corey's question on YouTube was, do you have to double close in Florida? Ooh, um, so we have not done a double dip out there. I don't think it was a double dip. We did a few last month. Um, we did not double close. We just assigned it. Yeah. And I think in, in Florida, uh, you have to do, uh, you have to fund it, right? So here when we double close, we don't have to yeah. fund it. I think in Florida, you do have to fund it. You can use the funds from the second transaction to cover the first, but that would be the double close they're referring right, no, to. No, I think so. we can do that in Arizona. I don't think you can do that in Florida. Oh, really? I think in Florida, you need to get transactional funding. Transactional funding, okay. Yeah. Uh, and if I'm wrong, please just comment uh, in, in, in the chat. Uh, and then Gary Jones' question, are you allowed to wholesale at real? I sure hope so. <laughs> yes, you can, you can wholesale uh, at real. Um, you got to sign a wholesale assignment contract. I do think the disclosure should be put out there. You have to get your own E&O insurance. But uh, according to Google, again, I'm not I'm just going off what I have researched, maybe a thousand thousand dollars a year. Yeah. So that is all the questions I see up here. So um, you know we're starting another podcast. Yeah, you told me about it right before the show. Yeah. Threw that on me. Yeah. So blockchain whales. Blockchain right. whales. Whales. Right. Because like if you want if you're if you're in the crypto space, you want to be a whale, right? Of course. So obviously you are in this world of blockchain. Yep. What are your thoughts on it? Uh, I think it's brilliant. I think we're in this weird transition stage where you're seeing a lot of scams and cold wallets versus hot, uh, hot wallets. You've got all these different breakdowns of like where the world is scary. I remember growing up when my mom and dad would answer the phone and they're like, I'm not giving a credit card over the phone. <laughs> so that's the difference obviously between Web3, um, Web2, and now where we're going. I think the... Thought process and concept is absolutely incredible. I think we've got growing pains right now. So, a lot of growing pains. A lot of growing pains. But overall, I think there's a lot of money. I've seen people snap their fingers and make mistakes and make $50,000 in a day. Like I told you, I was riding the wave on that V friend. Mm. There was at one point I could have sold, turned on and sold it, made $25,000. And that was in like two months, three months of holding it. Mm-hmm. That's better than real estate. Yeah. I mean, I think we could probably even talk about you've got an investment into an NFT that's paying you better than a rental property. Uh, so that one's not anymore. Not anymore. No, no. That one okay. went down quite a bit. Um, but we got another one, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, we bought, I bought three imposters. I had four imposters. Uh, I sold one to cover most of my costs. Yep. So I'm into it now for three ETH. I was into it for six ETH. So I sold one. Uh, I made two ETH on that one. So Beautiful. in for it for three ETH. But what's, uh, we'll see if everything is correct, right? This is speculation. Yep. It should be $750 a day in cash flow. Beautiful. Right. That is insane. I mean, to do the math like and actually emphasize that as to like what a rental would pay, how many people pay $250,000 to hope to make $200 a month in cash flow right. with all the overhead, maintenance, management, everything. Yeah. Dealing with, was it toilet, tenants, and uh, termites, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. So we'll see where this goes, but the speculation at the moment is $250 a day and I have three of them. Okay. We'll talk after this because I want in. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. I think I think blockchain is going to alleviate a lot of um, fake stuff. Mm-hmm. It's going to alleviate uh, transactional places like receipts, title companies. Yeah. Um, all of that's going to go away. It's going to be, I think I was talking to you about this when I wanted to transition to the investment side. It was going to be click, click, click through my generation. And they just bought a house. Yeah. Congratulations. Maybe you want to tour it, throw on the VR headset. Well, 
Now you factor in that they don't need to go to a title company to sign. You just click sign on your MetaMask and it goes to the blockchain. Congrats. Now the property is yours. It's crazy. How much, how many, some outrage, how many outrageous sums of money can be done with a simple click billions of in a billions every day in MetaMask? Mm hmm. It's a whole different world. And now, you know, you kind of mentioned that your parents refused to give credit cards over the phone. Yeah. How, how long ago was that? Dude, it was like eight years ago, nine eight years, years ago. ago. Like, so, time's going fast. My second job out of high school, all right, going back to my childhood here, my okay. second job out of high yep. school was a telemarketer. Really? So I worked at, at Dial America and we were- You were a telemarketer? I was a telemarketer. I was cold calling people. Oh, it was a really rewarding job when it was going well, and it was the worst job in the world when it was There's not going well. Time. Right, like so there are some days I go home at two o'clock and just want to shoot myself. Right, uh, so I remember um, we would get people's applications to sign up for credit cards. So I was legitimately as calling. an eighteen-year-old cold calling somebody wow. and getting their social security number, date of birth, income, uh, where and their home address all over the phone, all over the phone. Wow, and then they would. It was all recorded, right? So I was 18, so this is literally uh, 24 years ago, right? People were doing that. And, I was, and I, I'm, I'm listening to all this as I'm going through. I was like, have these guys never watched 2020 or Dateline or any of this stuff? Like, they're just giving me this information on their phone. So I did well right. there, but. That, that was the foundation for the sales mastery. There you go. <laughs> this, is where, this is where the beginning was. So uh, let's see, they got some people talking about they're a loan officer uh, at a top mortgage company and they're getting a real estate license. So that's kind of cool. Nice. Uh, I think there's an excellent opportunity here. So um, any suggestions you have for someone that's in mortgages getting into real estate on this um, side? Good move. It is a good move. Especially right now. Well, you know what's interesting? Because we have friends that are loan officers and we have friends that are escrow officers. Yep. They get crapped on by everybody. Yes. Right. And so I mean, we're probably preaching to the choir here, but just for everyone else's context, like if you're a loan officer and a loan gets denied, Oof. buyer hates you, yep. seller Realtor hates you, hates you. both realtors hate you, yep. and the title company hates you. Yep. Literally, like it's the most stressful situation to be in. Uh, yep. Um, and like we're stressed when our buyer that's supposed to close on Friday and they're in the U-Haul. Mm -hmm. Like we're stressed. We're waiting for that CTC to come through. Yeah, and, like, and we're and our, we're upset when our sell our buyers are upset with us. Yep, but we're chewing the loan officer out. Like they're getting the brunt of it. Yeah, when I said realtors don't cuss to people, I mean <laughs> that's the one area like things get a little stressful pretty quickly, especially yeah. when you're waiting on that paycheck that you've already spent a little <laughs> bit of money on. You know. Yeah, you already gone shopping with that money. Right. So. Um, again, if you guys are interested, check out in agentinvestors.com/red red. Uh, I think that I personally am vouching for this. I vouch for Ryan. I think it's incredible what you're able to do, especially at such a young age. Thank you. Uh, we owe you a plaque, so that is actually being worked on. Awesome. Uh, so you know, as we uh, as we wrap up, I want to ask you, what are you excited about for the rest of this year? Yeah, um, the rest of this year, it's it's this weird spot where um, there's a lot of change going on, right? So obviously, new brokerage. Uh, we're really blowing up this year in the community, doing a lot with Brent, with you, uh, obviously Pineda now. Uh, there's just a lot going on. So there's like this uh, overwhelming amount of like gratitude. So I just want to say yeah. I've got to take a huge, huge shout out moment to give to my team, uh, Brandon, Kyle, Amber, Albert, Anthony in California. Um, I'm sure I'm missing people. Kyle Holder, the list goes on. Jake, I just thank you to all of you guys. I couldn't do this without your guys' help and support. Uh, the one thing I will tell you that I'm most excited about is that for the first time, I'm like disconnected out of the wholesale company and it's mm. allowing me to look at it as a business as opposed yeah. to being in the trenches. So I'm able to look at it and say, this puzzle piece would be better if it was here. Let's realign the puzzle and create a better picture. So I am fortunate to have the supporting cast behind me that trusts my vision and my mm. ability to lead them. Uh, but my most like. I don't know. Most exciting moment is just seeing where this goes. It's. I think the community is going to blow up. I think Agent Investors is truly a product out there that's going to change some lives. 100%. Um, in two weeks, we've had three students that have done nothing in real estate, no experience that went around and got deals. Four, if you count the guy today, that's not even in the program yet. So I think it's just getting that fulfillment and watching the impact of others around me truly blossom. So every single person I mentioned on my team, they are all thriving. Tanner too. Shout out to Tanner. Sorry, Tanner. 
Um, these guys are just crushing it. Like Kyle on the team, he's been with me for two months, and in two months, he's made forty thousand dollars. No real estate experience, nothing. That's fulfillment. Just mm -hmm. like how your mission is to create the hundred millionaires. Yeah. My core people and my foundation, they've got everything. They've got my my heart, my my soul, my love, attention, education, anything and everything. So I'm excited to watch them blow up and grow into a bunch of badasses that I know that they will. It's awesome. So I want you to think about something you want to leave the listeners with. Sure. Well, I make just a couple of quick announcements. Uh, guys, if you got value today, please like, subscribe, share, and comment. I ask for that every week, but I ask for it for a reason. If you guys help us grow this, we can reach more people. We can create more millionaires. So please hit the smash, uh, smash that like button, right? I'm going to go all Kongli over here. Um, so uh, we all do, again, do have our sales training tomorrow, disruptors.com slash sales disruptors. Um, and then we got Todd Miller coming next week. Uh, we're in a different mastermind together, the super group. So we're going to be talking about what's going on for him. Um, so for you, last thoughts you want to leave the listeners with? Yeah. Uh, obviously, thank you for having me on the show. And yeah. thank you for those that are checking this out and listening. Uh, it's kind of crazy, man. Like, it's weird to see this journey that's kind of unfolded from when I first joined with you to last year being on the show to this year. Like, I say jokingly, I'm 24 going on 50. But <laughs> I feel like the life experience and business yeah. experience I've gotten in such a short amount of time of being in the industry and then around impactful people um, it's just elevated my game. And so I'm on this mission in myself to be able just to provide as much value as I can for those around me. So if there's ever anything that I could do to help you guys out, uh, feel free to reach out to myself, anyone on my team. And I promise you, we will take great care of whatever it is that you need help with. So Absolutely. All right. So, oh, uh, if they want to get a hold of you. Yeah. Instagram, um, is my best communication. It's just my first and last name, Ryan Zolan. Uh, aside from that, check out my videos on TikTok. Our discord community is popping. And then we're going to be going pretty heavy here on YouTube and Facebook in the coming months. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Steve. Thank you guys for watching. See you next week.